I wanted to do was to gather the volume into my hands, spirited away to a cozy corner with a good reading lamp, and curl up to spend the rest of the night simply enjoying it. Reading it, smelling it, touching it. To be lost in Austin's delightful pastoral England. A world of balls and dances, of men in handsome uniforms and women in beautiful gowns. Romance and laughter, as well as foolishness and heartbreak. Sense versus sensibility. With a sigh, I remember that I had duties. They might be informal ones, but they were still duties. I closed the book, returned it to its place, slipped off the gloves, and laid them back on the table for the next person to use. I pasted on my fake smile, turned, and stepped forward, ready to plunge into the party. I was almost knocked off my feet as an excessively thin man shoved me aside. His tiny black eyes blazed with lust as bright as the flashing light on the top of this historic lighthouse. The tip of his tongue was trapped between small browning teeth, and a spot of drool touched the corner of his plump lips. To my horror... He extended an ungloved hand toward the book. Excuse me, I said in what I hoped was my best librarian tone. Those books are extremely valuable. You must put on the gloves. Please don't lean over them like that. His nose might have been made for peering down at uppity young librarians. Excuse me he said with an accent I'd last heard when Prince William visited America. I am well aware of the proper storage and handling of books. I am, in fact, quite disappointed in Bertie for agreeing to house the collection in this. He waved his hand as if encompassing not only the crowded room, but also the lighthouse we were standing in, the outer banks, the moist sea air, and the waves crashing against the sand dunes, maybe even North Carolina itself. Place. This is a library, I said, the proper place for books. Besides, Miss Austin lived near the sea. Her entire country is bound by the sea. I'm sure her books are delighted to be breathing salty air once again. He sniffed, as well he might. I do have a tendency to get carried away sometimes. You, he said, still peering down his long patrician nose, enunciating each word carefully, must be the new girl. His tone wasn't friendly or at all welcoming, but if I was going to get on here, in my new job, my new life, I'd pretend he'd intended it to be. I shoved my hand forward. Lucy Richardson... I'm the new assistant librarian. Pleased to meet you, Mr. He barely touched my outstretched fingers. Theodore. Everyone knows me as Theodore. At your service, madame. If there is anything you need to know, young woman, about the handling and collection of rare books, you may call on me to enlighten you. He dug in the pocket of his tweed jacket, which emitted a strong aroma of pipe smoke, and pulled out a small square of paper. My card. Now, if you'll excuse me. He turned away from me. I waited until he was pulling on the gloves, 
and left him to examine the books in peace. I put the card in my pocket without reading it. Don't you mind Theodore, honey? My Aunt Ellen slipped her arm around me. We call him Teddy. Drives him nuts. He's just plain old Teddy Kowalski from North Carolina. He was born about ten miles from this very spot, over in Nag's Head. Teddy was a smart little tyke. I'll give him that. Always had his head in books when the other boys were tossing balls around. He went to Duke and got a degree in English literature and came home pretending to be an English lord or some such nonsense. I laughed. Did you know him when you were children? Sakes no. He was a couple years ahead of Josie in school. How old is he? Thirty-five. Really? I would have put him in his fifties. I glanced at the display table.